0: You'd have seen by now whiskey investment headlines everywhere. Well I'm glad to be joined today by Alex Triggs and Zach Secker about the market and the Swiss-based company UKV International. Good morning gentlemen. Thank you very much for having us. pleasure here. Steve. So Alex, let me
1: start with you Tell us first of all more about UKV International and the background to the company Yes of course so UKV International um, we specialize in generating investors a return from the fine wine and rare scotch whiskey markets. Um, currently have 90 million worth of stock that's gone through our services um, and a network of two, over 2,000 investors uh, that we oversee. Now, we have been in the market for over 12 years now, just had our 12th birthday, and that's meant that we've built up a lot of relationships within the industry uh, and distilleries themselves. The benefit of that for investors with working with ourselves is, ultimately, we can go and get rarer stock, more premium casks, uh, and those premium casks generally will lead to a much stronger return.
0: Take us through the strategy, Alex, and how you plan to drive innovation and growth in this alternative asset class.
1: Yeah, so ultimately, the main goal for us moving forward is to continue what we've been doing over the last 12 years, which is you know, keeping our clients happy and making them the returns that we say we do. Um, in terms of innovation, there's a few ways in which we've been able to innovate. And personally, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I would say that the way in which we select our casks it's quite a unique process in an industry that can be quite from what I hear of of investors that go with other companies in in other realms is, it can be a one glove fits all process. Uh, We like to make it a tailor-made process. Not all investors are the same. So I think that's a real strong point of what we've been able to innovate there. Um, Also looking at exit strategies with the relationships that we've got, built up some really strong exit strategies that make it a very seamless process and an efficient process. Uh, But also with our bonded facility. Um, We've built our our bonded facility in Edinburgh um, that's gonna be housing all of the casks that we oversee. Um, So that's another way in which we're innovating. But the main way, I would say at the moment, and more topically, is of course this fund that um, we're looking to bring to the market.
0: Okay, well, Zach, I not to bring you in here and you're about to launch this new fund. Take us through the concept and why it's an attractive proposition to new and existing investors.
2: Yeah, I'd be glad to do so. Just touching upon what Alex mentioned about the bonded facility, with our duty representative, it really is a perfect time for the launch of the fund because it does allow To have that layer of transparency in an industry that that can be opaque at the best of times, to have all the clients' casks under one roof. And the advantages of the fund for existing investors into whiskey will be exposure to rarer stock. Stock that they may not have usually been able to afford, the likes of McAllen, Ardberg, Beaumont. Whiskies that historically are £100,000 plus. It also means investors are diversified from the offset rather than having one or two individual whiskies. And last but not least, achieving greater significant economies of scale, allowing us to acquire the best whiskies at an optimal rate in optimal amounts for investors. And for new clients, it gives them the advantage to have a lower barrier to entry into the market. A market like whisky would require significant amounts of capital to start up and what this fund allows investors to do is to invest into portions of whiskeys as opposed to one entire barrel.
0: Alex, has the concept of a fund that pulls capital to invest in this asset class been proven before?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I'm glad that you asked me that question, actually, because a lot of my investors that I work alongside, as soon as I mention what we're doing, they ask me the exact same question. So whenever they ask me in future, I can just send them this video. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, it has been done before. Um, a company called, or a fund should I say, called Platinum Whiskey Fund, they launched a decade ago in 2014 um, and their plan was to hold for seven years. They raised $12 million um, and when they did eventually liquidate, their successful liquidation I should say, uh, they liquidated at 26 million million um, seven seven years later in 2021. So that led to a 17% annual growth for their investors. And the exciting thing, in my opinion, about that is you look at the market when they were doing that back then, a £3.4 billion market, we're now looking at a £7.2 billion market in 2024. So our plan with this fund is to hopefully go on and above uh, and achieve at least what they achieved, if not more. Mm. Zach, and what way will this fund add value?
2: Where it adds value is, is, once again, touching on what Alex said, the market is much larger in scope. What we've got is India on the cusp of removing their duties, which Alex will allude on to later, arguably the biggest moment in our market's history. And it achieves value by being bigger than its predecessor, therefore we'll be able to purchase stock in bigger volume, giving us the economies of scale we need, with our unique car selection process that's done so well for over a decade by now. And alongside that the exit strategies, because the fund will comprise Of 35% ultra premium casks, if not more, because that's the exact same amount that the Platinum Fund had great success with, which once again boils down to premiumization. People are drinking more, Steve, but they're drinking better. And therefore, targeting better, more premium whiskies with a more streamlined exit strategy in a much bigger market with bigger scope for growth is where we can add value alongside that bulk buying power for investors. Mm.
0: I mean, can you, can you take us through um, the process from initial investment to exit?
2: Yeah, sure, Steve. So look, I'll throw it back at you. Uh, at you. Let's say you were an investor into the fund. We'll be looking to raise a hard cap of 20 million by the end of the year. What that will allow us to do is go to market with a sufficient level of capital to garner the economies of scale we need. Let's say you put in 50,000 as an investor. That would then acquire you a portion of some of the whiskies in this fund. We would then over five years hold the whiskies, allowing them to get rarer, maturing, and then simply selling them to the exit strategies I just named. What would then happen is clients would be paid out their profit in relation to how much they invested.
0: Mm. Uh, And what returns is the fund targeting and over what time span?
2: Well, as Alex alluded to, if the Platinum Whiskey Fund 10 years ago, which recently liquidated, made 17%, considering the market's a lot bigger, we've got India, probably the biggest moment in our market's history, on the cusp of removing duties this year, as India's the biggest consumer in the world, that is going to have a seismic impact on demand, prompting the British Board of Trade to say the market should increase by 19% alone over five years off the back of that trade deal. Alongside that, with our unique car selection programme, Skin in the Game, which other fund predecessors didn't have, we would target a minimum of 20% a year.
0: Uh, and what are you targeting for the, the fund's first close, uh, and will it have a hard cap?
2: Yes, the fund will have a hard cap, Steve, of 20 million, as we believe that's sufficient enough to go to the market with. The first close, we're targeting 10 million by the end of the year.
0: I mean, Can you, can you take us through the, the macroeconomic and geopolitical backdrop and the ways in which these factors are helping to propel this alternative asset class.
2: Gladly. By now, a lot of investors will be wondering what to do with their capital, as I'm sure a lot of people would agree. Global uncertainty is rife, two global wars, high levels of inflation, relatively high interest rates, which may not come down, inverted bond curve yields, which are a hallmark of a potential recession, which may or may not happen. But ultimately, it just goes to show you market sentiment is cautious. And that's where something like whiskey really comes its, into its own, which is why, once again, as people who love a product like whiskey, we've had great success. Because in 2008, during the last recession, according to the Financial Times, whiskey made 35% in those two years, from the start of the recession to the end. And if you also think from the point of the producer and the consumer, Steve, costs are rising. Distilleries are very capital intensive. And what that means is producers are passing this price on to the consumer. And what we all know is a world without alcohol is, is unconce- it's, it's just not possible. And therefore, what we're seeing is consumers are still willing to pay that extra premium and price for their favourite tipple, which actually prompted Warren Buffett to say, Warren Buffett recently bought a load of Diageo shares because he loves their pricing power. Ultimately, what that means is whiskey's price inelastic. If you price it higher, the demand tends to stay the same, if not actually increase as people think it's a rarer product. And then last but not least, something that should be pertinent to all investors is property, a silver bullet in the UK, whiskey property quite identical in the fact that they will always have an intrinsic value, fully insured, physical, tangible assets. Although I don't have a crystal ball, Steve, What I do know is clients will always be left with a store of value.
1: No crystal balls, but could you give us your market outlook for the next two to five years, Alex? Yes, absolutely. So the million dollar question, um, what everybody wants to know. But we expect the market to remain buoyant uh, due to a few trade deals. Uh, There's a lot of other things going on within the market. But if you look at the last 12 months, uh, we joined the CPTTP, Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement. That's countries like Japan, Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Vietnam, Thailand, and since joining, or should I say in 2022, we saw 1.1 billion worth of growth for the Scotch whisky market from these countries. Now that we've got a free trade agreement with them, naturally, we'd expect an even greater growth moving forward over the next couple of years. Some other really exciting things that are happening within the market, you've got India, who a lot of people would be surprised to learn that India are the biggest importers of Scotch whisky on the planet. Uh, Population of 1.6 billion, absolutely love the stuff. However, they pay the highest tax tariff, a 150% tax tariff, which they're currently on uh, talks 14 um, of actually getting that tax tariff abolished over the next couple of years. So we're hearing that it could be early this year, uh, worst case towards the back end of 2024, but when a tax tariff like that is abolished on a market the size of, of India, it's only gonna lead to good things. So overall, I'd say really, really exciting things. And it'd be hard to argue that the next two to five years won't be the most lucrative that we've seen in this market.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, Alex, it's, I was reading the other day and it, it was incredible. The British Board of Trade came out and said, as a result, and Alex rightly put, the magnitude of this trade deal, the market should grow by 19% alone over mm-hmm. five years, just off the back of India's trade deal. We then add the Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement to the mix. Wider economic uncertainty, especially plaguing traditional markets, it is a great recipe and all the fundamentals indicate for the next two to five years, the outlook is very buoyant. And then what happens there, we assess naturally with investors throughout the year. Awesome. Well, maybe maybe
0: to wrap, could you give us about three takeaways from this conversation?
2: Yeah, of course. I think the one takeaway, Steve, is come, come down after for a drink, for a glass of whiskey and invest in some yourself. But all jokes aside, I think A, the rules of diversification and the premise of it become more apparent than ever with what we're seeing across traditional markets. And if we just go back to what happened in 2008, where whiskey really came into its own with other assets like gold, then clients and investors should implore and ask themselves, what have they got to hedge in case we see 2008 or something reminiscent of that again? And the second takeaway, I would say, and this may not appeal to everyone, however, it does to most is the large national deficit we face ourselves in, the cost of living crisis, inflation, supply chains being hampered across the globe. And then naturally, huge levels of public borrowing is taxes are rising across traditional areas rapidly. And our market remains one of the last bastions of tax-free enterprise where ultimately, Steve, you're just investing into something, as long as people drink it, should get rarer. And in theory, Alex, I think we know what happens to prices then. All else being equal of course. My my last takeaway Steve would be is given all the market fundamentals aligning in our favour, the same recipe for success investors have had in whisky, what we're looking to achieve for investors is a similar concept just ever so slightly tweaked in the form of a fund. Given the fact traditional markets can be hampered, whisky tends to thrive. In addition to that you've got the extra liquidity the fund provides Exposure to greater and rarer whiskies, which ultimately should yield better returns, and more diversification. And therefore, if there ever was a time in my 10 years in the market, I would say get involved before the boom rather than after.
0: Well, cheers to that. and um, gents, cheers. thank you very much for joining us for the introduction Absolutely. to UKV International. Thank you very much. That you'll keep us posted on the fans success. Absolutely. Of course we will, Steve. Thank Steve. You. Cheers. That's Alex Triggs and Zach Secker from UKV International. <laughs>